This is the Worth Recovery Podcast, featuring women in addiction. to Worth Recovery, podcast featuring women and sex addiction. My name is Amy. I'm your host here, and I'm a sex addict, and I've been sober since December 2nd of 2012, and I'm super excited to be here today with my good friend, Joyce. Hi. <laughs> Joyce is uh, a good friend that I've met in recovery when I moved here to, to Salt Lake City. She was one of the very first women that I met in recovery not too long in, and uh, and we've I've been fortunate to kind of know her and learn about her and and learn about her story and to have her as part of my support circle and I'm super excited that you've agreed to come on the podcast and tell us a little bit about who you are and your story and and all of that good stuff so thanks for being here well thanks for having me <laughs> <laughs> what what was it that kind of uh, prompted you or I know I I asked everyone kind of in my support circle to be on the on the podcast and share their story but why did you agree? What was it about it that made you agree to do this? Well, when you first started airing the podcast, uh, and uh, the first woman that you uh, interviewed, I knew her, and I'm like, you know, maybe I'd like to do that, and I just kind of let it run around in my head for a long time, mm-hmm. and then when you asked, I was like, yeah, I would like to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what is it about sharing your story that you, I mean, why do you want to share your story? Well, I feel that uh, everybody heals when when people share, you know, even the most intimate details of what goes on in their head, you mm-hmm. know, and so they can help them heal from the traumas and the addictions and the yeah. When everybody works together. <laughs> yeah, I'm a firm believer of that. That every time I share my story, I feel like I heal a little bit more and I make a little bit more connections and. Every time I hear someone else's story, I feel like the same thing happens, that I make more connections and, and things like that. So I'm super grateful that you're here and that you're willing to share some of your experiences in recovery with all of our women and men out there that are listening to us. <laughs> so let's just kind of start from the beginning, right? Okay. So when was it that you first decided or thought about that maybe your behavior was an addiction? Kind of what was going on in your life? Well, I had uh, just had my third child, and um, my addiction was out of control online. Um, And it had spilled over into, I had promised myself that I would never cheat on my husband. And I found myself more and more trying to do that. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't stop myself. And um, one of his very good friends was an SA and kind of introduced me to the program at that time. And I'm like, yeah, I think I have a problem. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I do need help for it. <laughs> so when you say your addiction was uh, like out of control online... Yeah. What what did that look like for you? What does that mean? I spent hours and hours 
online with different men having sexual conversations. Okay. And um, neglecting my children while I was online. And my children would be up playing in their room or, you know, watching television. Just, and if they'd come in the room where I was, I'd get really angry with them and... Um, I knew this wasn't a good situation, but I couldn't stop myself. Mm-hmm. So you were having these sexual conversations online. Were you, like, into pornography? Were you into, like, dating websites? Like, um, how did you how did you find these men? Mostly, I... Yeah, there was a couple of dating uh, websites back then that mm-hmm. um, I would go on to, or pen pal type of... Um, sites that I could go on. Yeah, uh, okay. The web was still very new back then. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, you, like me, kind of developed our addictions, like, right at the beginning of the web or yeah. kind of prior to the web even, right? Yeah, and then... uh, I did a lot of stuff prior to the web and, um, you know, in high school, it was books, you know, I'd I'd read the romantic books, and mm-hmm. um, I'd have um, my girlfriends and boyfriends that I'd get with, and <laughs> but uh, there wasn't a web back then. So. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, like I, uh, same with you. Like I read some romance novels that were, you know, kind of on the dirtier side, right? Yeah. Or, um, look at books in libraries. I mm-hmm. did that a lot before the web was accessible, right? And then that, for me, I know the web just kind of like just accelerated my addiction so quickly. Yes, it did mine too. Yeah. And I figured out, oh, wow, you can go here and here and pick up you yeah. conversations with random people that... You know, I don't know them, so it doesn't hurt anything if I have a sexual conversation with this person online. Yeah, right. It's not real. It's, it's not real. Yeah. yeah. It was a big thought that was in my head. Yeah. But I was spending so much time online at that point. I was. It was out of control. Between yeah. 6 and 12 hours a day. Wow. Yeah. So, so you have three little kids at home. And you're spending 6 to 12 hours a day kind of acting out online. Yep. Right? Were you trying to work at the same time? Yes, I was, actually. <laughs> so wow. That was another big factor in what was going on in my yeah. life. You know, I'm trying... I, I'm, I'm a nurse, so um, I'd go in for my 8-hour shift every, you know, 5 days a week. And uh, the my time off when my husband was at work I was online Mm -hmm. and the fact that I had three little children to keep track of didn't seem to hit my head that I was in a bad place until Mm -hmm. it got so out of control that I couldn't get out of it yeah so you said this friend of your husband's Mm -hmm. uh, is the one that introduced you to SA your 12 step fellowship yeah so why did he why did that occur to him that he needed to introduce you to that like how did that come up in conversation that Uh, seems a little weird that your husband's friend would introduce you to that (laughs) well um he was a friend of both of us basically um 
And uh, I basically, I hit on him. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he knew I had an issue. He's like, um, you're my friend's wife. You know, uh, I would not do that with you. And I, and then he had a conversation with my husband on how I was acting at home that my mm. husband knew about. And then he came back to me and was like, you seem to have this kind of a problem. Would you like help for this? <laughs> and I was like, Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and wow. He's like, well, I know a group we can go to. You know, I happen to be in this group. <laughs> and okay. So he introduced me. He's like, I'll pick you up on on Tuesday, and and we'll go to this church where this meeting is, and you can see if it's what you need. Yeah. <laughs> and I so, was like, okay. Yeah, wow, so you hit on him. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Talk about unmanageability, right? <laughs> and no then he kidding. talked to your husband about it. So even more kind of unmanageability. Yeah. Wow. So Joyce, like, clue us in kind of a little bit about when that was. Because yeah, this I, was back in 93. Right. Yeah. So like 20 years ago, 25 years ago. Yeah. Is that right? Three, four, five, six, seven? Yeah, 24? a long time. <laughs> right. So, like, one of the things I have always loved about your story is, like, when I started recovery, I mean, I talk all the time about how hard it is for women. Yeah. But you started, like, way before I started. I mean, you started yeah. when, when really, I, I'm sure you didn't Did ever see another woman. I didn't. I was active in my program for about three years and never even heard of another woman in the program and that's kind of why I fell out of the program for a while. Yeah. I was like, well, I have three years sobriety almost. And just kind of stopped going to the meetings regularly. And, you know, I, the one thing that brought me into a place where I knew I needed help was um, the fact that the state... Uh, threatened to take away my children because um, oh, wow. I got called on because I was neglecting my children uh, by being online all the time and um, I I knew I couldn't let that happen and I felt like I was in a better place I wasn't gonna go act out anymore because I had those children to think of and so I was kind of into the scared sober yeah, type yeah. of deal there for yeah. quite a while and frankly I changed addictions at that point so okay so not only did you hit on your husband's friend but you had this issue where the state came out and evaluated you yes wow mm. and how did that how did that turn out for you Joyce well I'd happened to have a really good day the day they showed up at my door and was making cookies with the kids and um, so I just scraped by and my computer had crashed so I had nothing on my computer saying that I was doing anything there so they weren't able to substantiate any of the um, claims the claims <laughs> and, wow. and so I just barely got out of it through the skin of my teeth and uh, I was like okay I need to stop this behavior but I don't know how <laughs> yeah 
So you start, wow, you're very, very blessed in that regard. <laughs> wow. So you started recovery with this friend of yours. Yes. And started going to meetings. So, you know, you kind of indicated you were kind of scared sober, right? Like, yes, I was, was scared sober. <laughs> right. Because losing your children, losing maybe your husband, you know, those types of things, that would be really scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't want them, to, the state, to take my newborn and two other children away from me. Right. And I didn't want my husband to leave me. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that would be enough to kind of keep you in the program, right? Yes. Even though there were no women and even though you probably felt really, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but uh, Isolated. <laughs> isolated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, this is... This is a men's addiction at the time, mm -hmm. and I the fact that I never saw another woman, I was like, I'm a weirdo. Right. <laughs> I'm, I, I've got this addiction that I don't know if other women even have it because I've never seen another woman in this program. Mm -hmm. And they probably don't talk about other women because there no. aren't other women around. <laughs> wow, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. So you got sober. How was that process the first time around getting sober? Was that hard? Um, getting sober the first time around, it's like I, I, I white-knuckled a lot until I got through what I now recognize as withdrawals. Mm -hmm. And um, then I quickly switched addictions so that that helped me stay away from those mm -hmm. behaviors yeah. that were causing me issue in this program. Yeah, can, would you, what, uh, when you say you switched addictions, what did that look like for you? Oh, I um, went to workaholism. I asked for extra shifts at work. I um, asked for extra responsibilities in my church. I, um, did whatever I could to stay busy and um, away from the sexual behaviors. Mm -hmm. So how many hours a week were you working? Um, I picked up a second job. I was work, well, at the beginning, I was working a full-time job and a half-time job. So that's 60 hours. And um, when I stopped, going to meetings all together for sex addiction um I found still another job that was half time so I was getting 80 to 90 hours a week wow on a regular basis yeah that's a lot of hours yeah so how long did you go to meetings that first time that you started um you between three and a half and four years okay yeah. and you stayed sober for that period of time right? yeah yeah but a lot of it was white knuckling right know, I didn't I, I didn't feel comfortable calling the guys in the group very mm -hmm. much um, the one that I did feel comfortable calling was my husband's friend and <laughs> right and he became your sponsor is that right yes he, that's right he, he was did. your sponsor he was my sponsor for quite some time Wow yeah and uh, uh when i fell away from the program he was like um 
back then he wasn't actively involved as a sponsor because mm -hmm. I wasn't actually working a whole lot of steps back then, which okay. was another issue right. with me uh, staying sober, you know? Yeah, so you went to meetings, but you didn't really work a program. No, I didn't. Okay. Which is one of the reasons why I fell away from the program so right. easily. You know, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I got this handled. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, I've been sober for four years. Like, <laughs> It was closer to three when I got out. Cause uh -huh. I struggled for the first little bit. Uh -huh. you know? Yeah. And so after three years of going to meetings, you kind of switched addictions, started working a whole lot more, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And then you just kind of quit going to meetings. Yep, I did. And did you stay sober if you quit when you quit going to meetings? I mean, what did that I look like? I did for a while, for yeah. a very long while. I mean, as long as the fear was there that the state could step in and take my children mm -hmm. from me, and they were still little, I would remember that whenever I wanted to get sexual with somebody, mm -hmm. and um, that would keep me from doing that. Yeah. But as I got older, that was not an issue anymore. <laughs> right. That fear kind of goes away, right? Yeah. When my uh, my youngest one was about um, 12, 13 in there. Mm-hmm. And the older ones were um, four and five years older. Uh the older ones, they're they're getting ready to graduate high school, you know. Yeah. And, and my youngest one, she's off doing her own thing all the time, and yeah, that's when I got caught up in things again. It's like, well, you know, they're old enough; they're leaving on their own. The state's not going to come and get them anymore. Mm -hmm. And I found myself allowing more sexual conversations at work and um, getting into. Uh, things I shouldn't online and um, now social media was getting really active right the web was web. huge yeah right? yeah it was yeah and um, so it was really easy to just go online and find somebody to have a conversation with and then I ended up having an, uh, an affair with uh, one of the doctors that worked with my work and uh that lasted about three years wow okay so um so as your kids got older you just kind of let those barriers down right yes as i that, did as that fear kind of went away that, that like, like they're, they're not they're gonna, gonna get taken they're away they're not gonna get taken away they're gonna go away on their own and that mm -hmm. fear of them going away on their own kind of fed into things too right like, yeah, they're not going to be taken. They're just going to leave. Right. <laughs> and uh, and that feels scary, right, yeah. as a mom, that, like, all of a sudden I'm not going to have kids in my house and and they're going to choose to go do other things. And exactly. <laughs> they don't need me anymore. And No. <laughs> right? They, they can make their own choices and uh, mm -hmm. it, they may stay with me, they may not. And, um that change for me was a big thing in my deciding to 
let some of those walls back down and Mm -hmm. get into some of those sexual behaviors that I was into before. Mm -hmm. So you, as you, as those barriers came down, you started getting back online, having sexual conversations with Mm -hmm. men, um, allowing conversations like with just people in your life. Is that, yes. That was a big one. That was a big one. I can one. tell by the reaction on your face. You're like, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. That was so it. You know, I'd yeah. had these, these sexual conversations online, and then and then uh, the doctor would come in. You know, he would work with me, and I'd flirt with him, and then mm-hmm. we got into this relationship, and it just built up mm-hmm. to the point where, yeah. You know, I thought I was happy with uh, my boyfriend and my husband on the side type of deal. And yeah. <laughs> that's what I saw our relationship as. And um, My uh, boyfriend had a uh, drug addiction that um, he went into rehab for and actually uh, died in rehab. And that's when my sex addiction really just went back out of control to the point where I couldn't control anything anymore. Wow, Joyce, so you had been with this man for three years, Mm -hmm. is that right? Yeah. And then he died in rehab. Yes, he did. Wow. That's a huge loss. Yeah. I mean, three years. I went absolutely berserk in my head. I went on... Um, online and Craigslist was big at this time and I found this very easy to find people on Craigslist and trying to fill up that void that I had from my boyfriend dying and this out of control (laughs) addiction that was going on just kind of blossomed into horrific <laughs> yeah places and yeah i i not only was i looking for somebody to have sex with um i felt like i was um a bad person at that time and the people that i'd seek out i wanted them to punish me you know mm-hmm. as well as have sex with me mm-hmm. And what brought me back into this program was the fact that I had an encounter with somebody and I actually broke a rib during an encounter and um, I wouldn't let my partner during this incident stop. He knew something was wrong he knew he should take me to the hospital or I should go to the hospital. But I was like, no, no, we're not stopping. And that scared <laughs> yeah, me to death, you know. Right, yeah. You know, as I listen to that in your story, I, I hear a lot of loneliness. You know, like you had this three-year relationship with this man. Um, and I know it was a pretty intense relationship, you yeah. know, and that you were seeing him quite often, right? It wasn't just like a 
once a month casual relationship. It's more like once a week, twice a week. Right, yeah. And and then at the end when he passes away, you know, were, were you able to share that with anybody? Were you able to grieve that with anybody? Not really. Yeah. Um, people at work knew we were friends, but they didn't realize we had an intimate uh relationship yeah, yeah. <laughs> because uh yeah i was married and right i'm not supposed to be having that kind of uh, relationship outside of my marriage especially in our culture around here yeah 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 i think you know that's that's something that i think a lot of women at least that i know of really experience is this like we have this secret addiction life and we have real relationships in those in that life you know like you did with this with this doctor and and when that relationship comes to an end for whatever reason whether you know in this case he passed away really tragic ending or we just break up or whatever the deal is we're alone in that we're alone in that grief or that loss and that we don't really have anybody to to share that with and I'm sorry that that was the case for you that you didn't have people that you could grieve that with I think that's really difficult and and no wonder it ended up just exploding in your head yeah right yep I mean how else would you deal with that I didn't know any other way yeah <laughs> and, and until I had a attempted to break off relations with men that were dangerous I didn't even think about going to a therapist mm. oh. yeah I had no one to talk to about what I was actually feeling yeah yeah and and so this turned into a really dangerous situation for you it did you started seeking out men that would hurt you yes right physically and they did and intensely yes like i mean breaking your rib that's a pretty that's that's a lot of pain that's a lot of trauma that has to happen for that to happen for your body yes <laughs> yeah and so they would punish you or hurt you and then have sex with you or a combination of that yes <laughs> yeah how how long joyce did that kind of go on before you had that rib breaking incident um i started seeking out more and more dangerous men in about november and i broke my rib um late january so it was okay so a couple of months couple of months yeah yeah so this you have this three-year affair and then more and more men in your life more and more acting out, more and more acting out, and then this kind of explosion of violence. Mm -hmm. So when you broke your rib, yeah, how, how did you explain that to people? I kept it a secret too. You kept it a secret. Mm -hmm. Wow. I um was, you know, since I'm a nurse, I I know there's not much they can do with it, so I just nursed it along until it got better enough to heal on its own mm -hmm. 
and uh, I I didn't tell my husband I didn't tell anybody close to me at all that this had happened I just <sighs> pretended like why well, I was one of my cats and <laughs> you know hid the injury you know very well mm -hmm. from other people yeah, occasionally um, someone would touch me wrong and it would bring back some pain and I'd be like oh you know but I keep it in and then, then when I'd get out to my car I could scream and cry and you know, that really hurt <laughs> but wow. but I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, react to it in the moment that the pain occurred mm -hmm. and so this incident of breaking your rib is what prompted you to come back come back to recovery mm-hmm Sorry. Yes. Friends, we're going to go ahead and pause right here on this um, episode with Joyce. This will be part one of my interview with Joyce. I'm so grateful for Joyce and her willingness to, to step in and to share her experiences. She's had a lot of tragedy and violence in her life, and I am humbled that she would be willing to share that with us and and be willing to to talk about that story. We'll pick up with uh, the rest of our interview with Joyce and learn about kind of her last, the last few years of her recovery as she's come back into recovery and what that has looked like for her. And uh, we'll pick that up in our next episode. That would be episode 112. We'll pick that up and talk to her about uh, the rest of her recovery. As always, my friends, ladies and gentlemen, please remember that you are worth recovery. 100% worth it. I know that no matter what is going on in your life, no matter how far you think you've gone, no matter what you have or haven't done, no matter what has happened to you or how long it's been, no matter what is going on in your life, you are worth recovery. And if you don't know that, then just listen to me and trust me until you have that confidence in yourself. Uh, remember that I think about you, I pray for you, and I love you. Until next time. Amy. stuff. The mission of Worth Recovery is to dispel shame and build hope in the lives of women struggling with and recovering from sex addiction. I am not associated with any 12-step group, religious organization, or therapeutic clinic. I am an addict sharing my own experiences and recovery.